Can a player like Jalen Green be the best player on a championship team? This is a real question. This is a question that I've asked uh, over the past few years. You know, once we drafted a two guard um, with the number two pick in the 2021 draft, this was the question that popped in my head because there is a great chance that he could be all we got, right? Jalen could be the guy. If Jabari doesn't work out, maybe Jabari ends up being a really, really good role player. Um, maybe this coming draft, we don't get Wemby, Scoot, or a third pick. We get, you know, one of the later picks where they trade out of it. There's a chance that out of the, the draft picks that the Rockets have made, that Jalen Green can be the guy. Like, he's going to be the guy that we have to really, really hope on to carry us to the promised land. And what does he have to do to be that level of player, to be the best player on a championship team? I'm going to try to answer that in this video. Tap in and enjoy. If you like the Chop Shop and you support what we've been doing here on the channel, giving you quality basketball and premium content, support us by hitting us up on Cash App. That's dollar sign Chop Shop HTX. All the money we get goes towards our software and our subscriptions we use to make these great videos that you all enjoy. So support the channel, support premium hoops, support great basketball discourse by hitting us up on Cash App at dollar sign Chop Shop HTX. So to answer this question about Jalen's ability to be the best player on the championship team, I'm going to use a little bit of historical precedent to kind of clarify some things and clarify some of my points that I'm going to make. The first point I'm going to make is that if you're just a scorer as a two guard and that's your only trick, then you're probably not going to be very good or your team is not going to be very good. No, you might be individually very good, but your team is not going to be very good. And what I mean by this is that as a two guard, just being able to score is not going to do it. And, and to me, a lot of those archetypes are probably the least impactful uh, types of archetypes in the league. Like if I'm going to draft a player and I want impact from day one, you're talking about a ball handler or you're talking about a defensive anchor, right? Those are really the two types of players that you want um, to get on your team from day one that's going to have the highest upside and highest floor uh, for your team. When you draft a two guard, if they're just able to score and they're a quote unquote bucket, you're probably in trouble and you're going to be searching for something else or some other player or archetype to be able to supplement them so their scoring can be impactful. So basically to me, that archetype, if scoring is all they can do, is good for raising the ceiling on a team, but not really establishing a floor. You can look at guys like Bradley Beal, who's really been a great scorer in the NBA, not a great defender. I'm not really a great playmaker, um, but he's, you know, he'll average 30, but be fighting to make the play in. You know what I mean? He'll be on, on a or on a team that's out the playoffs repeatedly. You put him next to a ball handler like John Wall or Russell Westbrook, they're in the playoffs, right? So him by himself, with his skill set and as talented as he is, can't do it alone. You're looking at Zach Levine, who's been on the Bulls team that has been struggling to find, find an identity for the past, you know, five, six years. Once again, you put him with some players that can play around him um, that are a little bit better than him, then they, they'll be able to elevate to maybe fight for a plane or be a first round exit, but not really the best player on the contender. Um, and so just, you know, you can go across the league to guys that have that that makeup where it's there. They can score and they can be efficient in scoring. That just doesn't move the needle when you're trying to win chips. So the question whether Jalen can be a a player as a two guard that can be the best player on a contender is a real question for Rockets fans. And it should be a real question for Rockets fans because he may be it. Maybe we don't get Wimby or Scoot. Maybe we don't get 
a high prospect. Maybe we get a great role player in the next draft. Maybe Jabari is going to be an elite role player. So out of this draft and this rebuild, the guy we're coming out with that we're going to have a lot riding on is going to be Jalen Green. So can he be the best player on the contender? The answer is yes, but there's a but. There's a but there. To me, my philosophy on basketball, especially when it comes to players, is that if you're going to be the best player on the team, you have to have two elite abilities. And whatever those are, and I think most of them, if you were speaking broadly, is going to deal with offensive, defensive, and playmaking. Offensive, defensive, and playmaking. A pair of those two can make you a contender star, like a star on a contender. A pair of those two. If you pair up playmaking and uh, and being a scorer, then you're talking about an offensive engine. If you're talking about playmaking and a defender, then you're talking about a versatile defender that can be a defensive anchor. If you're talking about a, a playmaker, um, if you're talking about an offensive player and a defender, you're talking about a two-way star. To me, you have to be one of those types of players to be able to um, be the best player on the contender or else you're going to be a role player and rely on other people. So what is the path for Jalen to do this? Look no further than history, right? Look no further than history. When we look at the pantheon of two guards that in, in, that have gone through the NBA, especially in the modern era, it starts off with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the standard of, of two guards, right? He is the standard of a lot of players. He's a standard of a basketball, you know, and, and one of the things that people really, um, you know, I know most most regular basketball fans, but the casual fan may not know that Jordan was one of the most dominant defensive players in his time. He averaged 30 for his career, but this dude was a nine times all defensive team player, right? He was a three times steel champs and defensive player of the year in 1988 in only his fourth year. He had his first all defensive team in his fourth year. And that fourth year mark is important because I feel like there is a reason why these two guards take a couple years to reach their point defensively. So Jordan is a standard. And once you move on from Jordan, he passed the torch over to Kobe Bryant as, as kind of the, the light bearer for this two guard, two way uh, player ability that these this position has. And Kobe carried the torch um, from MJ to being a 12 time all defensive team player. Also for him, he made his first all defensive team in, in his fourth year in 2000. Kobe, as we know, you know, Mr. You know, clutch in the playoffs, five rings, just like Jordan, uh, you know, scoring savant. But he would he would not be the player he was if he didn't play both sides of the ball and he found himself in the finals all the time. Now, obviously in his earlier stint, Shaq had uh, runs as the best player, probably maybe two out of those three championships that they had in the first go round, but definitely in the second go round with him and Powell as the pair, he was the best player on that Lakers team with Powell Gasol and the boys and Bynum and them. So Kobe, two-way player, shooting guard. The next we're going to look at for that archetype is Allen Iverson. Now, Allen Iverson is kind of a tweener. He is a point guard, shooting guard, shooting guard, point guard, uh, or, or a shooting guard masquerading as a point guard. But AI is, is a, is a anomaly in the position because he is not, um, someone that you would think of as a shooting guard with a stature, right? A smaller player. AI revolutionized the position by, uh, really being somebody that was not a two-way player, but because of his scoring ability and his ability to pass out of the scoring, um, he was able to elevate uh, himself to the point where he took a team to the finals, right? And low key, decent defender, right? He was not a, a just a, a cone on defense. And to me, you can't be at that level where you're in the playoffs year in and year out battling to go to the finals if you're just a bad defender. You know how I know this? Let's look at it, right? Obviously, we know that he led the league in steals. 
a lot, right? Three times steel champs. And he's his first steals, steals uh, title as the steals award uh, a leader in the NBA came in his fifth year. You know, that correlates with a lot of stuff that was going on with the teams around him. If you look at the teams that were built around him, uh, they were built to to play defense, right? He was the lone engine in that car, but everybody else on there was a strap on defense. And that was kind of a approach that they took to supplement everything else because he was such a, a generational scorer and a guy that could pass out of that. And that's a different avenue than the two-way um, two star. This is a star that was also a facilitator. Now, AI wasn't a like a Steve Nash or somebody like a point guard in that aspect of the game, but his ability to get in the paint, score, get to the basket, get to his mid range, and then uh, the drive and kick ability was always there in his game. But that team that was built around him was elite, right? Um, but AI was also had to be a good defender to be on an elite defense. You're talking about um, a person that received all defensive votes um, eight, eight out of the 10 years while he was in Philly, right? Never won, uh, got on the team, but people were voting for him. So he wasn't a slouch. Um, he had four seasons uh, in the top 20 in defensive win shares in the NBA. Uh, he made the playoffs in year three. And the team defensive rating went from 18th the year before that when they didn't make his playoff, which was his, his uh, sophomore year, to his third year in the league. They went to a fifth-ranked defense, right? The, the Sixers went to a fifth-ranked defense. Six out of the 10 years he played in that first stretch in Philly, he had a top 10 defense that he played on. And four out of the 10 years he played in that uh, stretch in Philly, he was in the top five defense. So to me, you can't be the worst player in the world on defense and uh, be on a top five defense four out of the 10 years. So the Sixers, if you, if you guys remember the guys they had on that team, you know, they were some dogs on there and he was the leader of that pack. So that's that's the guy. And then, you know, we're going to come down a little bit closer to this era. We're talking about Dwayne Wade, right? D Wade, um, underrated uh, player to me in, in the pantheon of, of players was a uh, one of my favorite players in this class, actually. One of my favorite players. And he was a three-time all-defensive player. And he made it in the second year. And I think the reason Wade was able to make an impact on defense so early uh, was his body. He was already NBA built at a young age. You know, if you guys remember his shoulders were wide when he came out, um, he was a player that was ready to go. And so three-time all-defensive team, Dwayne Wade was a two-way guy. Um, you know, obviously by the time LeBron came, a lot came off his load, but that, that first championship they won with Shaq, it was, he was the best player. I mean, as, as a, as a, as a baby in the NBA, he was the best player on that. One of the best, uh, shot blocking guards in NBA history as well. Y'all check up on that. One of the best shot blocking guards. So those are kind of the four retired kind of modern era, um, uh, two way or two skill, uh, two skill, two guards in the league. To me, that's the path, right? And it's not, if you look at all the all NBA teams from now to like maybe 1990, there, there a lot of them are, are gonna be guards that are in that guard role, whether it's the, whether, you know, they don't have like positions like that, like you have to put a point guard or shooting guard. A lot of the two guards on the first teams and second teams were, were point guards, right? They would have a point guard and there's always like one or two shooting guards on all three teams because it's such a hard position to really make a big impact if you're not one of these guys. And that's that's where we want Jalen to go. So when we look at Jalen, what is the upside that we see for him right now? Y'all have seen the other video that I've made about um, his comparison to the Zach Levine and the Devin Booker, where I think that right now he's trending somewhere in between. There's some things he does really, really well. 
um, that uh, have him leaning towards a higher upside. And there's some things that you kind of want him to improve on that you would say that, uh, you know, okay, if you don't improve on this, then you could end up being the lower end, which I think Zach Levine is lower end of him because at his second year, he's already surpassed a lot of the stuff Zach was doing. If y'all don't remember, Zach Levine was not that good for like three or four years um, coming out. So Jalen, to me, is already, you know, he's already kind of clearing some of that. Now, how do we get him up to the level of the rare air, what I call it, the upper room of two guards? Because to me, that's where I want the kid to be. That's where we have to want him to be. I think one of the things that um, I'm looking at right now as I'm watching the playoffs is how uh, Devin Booker has really changed his game. Devin Booker has changed his game in the past few years, and it correlates with a lot of the good things that have happened with the Suns um, recently. Right. Obviously, they're they're going to probably beat this, uh, the Clippers in this first round. Devin Booker is coming off of a year where they lost really bad last year, but they were still one of the favorites in the NBA um, to to win it last season. Uh, they lost to Dallas embarrassingly. Uh, then even before that, they made it to the finals where they lost to uh, Milwaukee and Giannis, where they ran into Giannis. But I would say that he is next up on that pantheon. I mean, Devin Booker has already been in the league. I think he's going to be going on his eighth year. And, you know, he's he's a guy that's trending in all the right directions, especially in the past three years since the team has made that Chris Paul trade. If you're looking at the Suns defensive ratings, his first five seasons, they were 25th, 28th, 30th, 29th and 17th. In the past three seasons, uh, since they've uh, become a powerhouse, they've went up to ninth, third and seventh. So once again, that defense is really the key to changing these 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 players and transforming their teams to becoming contenders. That's a prerequisite. Now, defense is a team concept. Obviously, they have Aiden, they had a CP3, um, but this these numbers and their defensive ratings are not unrelated to what Devin is doing. So if we look at how he's rated individually over the past um, kind of the past seasons, um, you know, when he was a rookie, he was uh, and these are from Synergy. When he was a rookie, he was rated as a poor defender. 2017, below average. 18, below average. 19, below average. 20, below average. And guess what? 2021, where they made it to the finals, he became a good defender. 22, he became a good defender. And 23, he became an average defender. And, uh, you know, the average is kind of on the cusp of good. So, so, so far in the past three years, he went from a below average to a good. So that's almost two levels up from where he's been. And guess what? His team is in the playoffs. And maybe not right now. I would say KD is the best player on their team. But in those 2021 and 2022 seasons, he was the best. He was the best player. He was better than Chris Paul. Chris Paul gave him that that uh, playmaking support that he needed. But he was the best player. Now, when when I look at Jalen Green and his ability to make an impact on winning, I'm looking at defense. I know he could score. You see my videos about Jalen scoring and all the stuff he could do um, with the ball. You know, he's he's a, he's he has a lot that he could learn. Um, there's still a lot of holes in his offensive game, but scoring is going to be easy for him because he's such a great athlete. He has pretty good feel for um, for the game. He's a fast learner, um, and you know he he's just a guy that has so many tools. Um, even though he hasn't learned how to apply them all the way, the tools are there. So as he grows, his body matures, is going to come. But the defense is where he's going to get into that upper room. Now, Jalen is a decent defender and people are like, oh, man, he sucks. I would say that if I wanted to rate Jalen, I rate him as a decent defender for his age, right? Relative to where he is. Do you remember what I just said about Devin Booker, right? Basically, his first five years, he was below average. Trash, 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 trash for five years. Then he became good. So let's look at Jalen's. Um, so last year's rookie year, below average, just like Devin Booker. 2023, Synergy has him as an average defender. 
He has him as an average defender on one of the worst defensive teams in the league. That is significant. He's already showing that he has that in the tool bag. Remember what I told you guys earlier, that year four is significant. So we're seeing year two, he's taking a leap on defense. And I think that's very, very encouraging for us to see, right? And if you look at specifically the type of plays that Jalen really, um, um, you know, where he's good and bad at, isolations this is a theme that's been going on since last year when it comes to isolation Jalen is one of the top I would say he's probably in the top you know two-thirds top top two-thirds three-fourths of guard defenders in the NBA and overall in ISOs synergy has him ranked in the 62nd percentile that means he's better than 62 percent of the NBA in isolation defense and that meets my eye test there's a video that I made of clips of him uh, being an elite defender. You can find it in the description of this video. As a pick and roll ball handler, he's in the 42nd percentile, which is below average. So this is when he has to guard the pick and roll. And a lot of times Jalen gets washed on screens. That's where his issues lie, is getting washed on screens and getting lost. He loses a man or, or he's out of position. Um, these are things that he's going to develop as he gets, gets older, gets more mature, gets more knowledge in the league. Defending spot ups. Uh, he is a in the 68th percentile. So you're dealing with him, his ability to be able to uh, close out on spot up shooters, be able to stay in front of guys, not bite on fakes. Um, a lot of his issues with spot ups, he'd be higher up if he didn't um, didn't have the good second effort. A lot of time he he'll have a good effort, then kind of quit. You know, that was some of the stuff I used to get mad at him for is that he didn't have a lot of elite elite second effort third effort fourth effort to be able to close out a defensive play but initially the athleticism to get out on, on the perimeter to stay in front of the man on the perimeter and guard those spot of shooting is very important 66 percentile in handoffs those are the dho's those are a little easier for him to navigate when he's dealing with handoffs going under and being able to close the gap between uh players so he can contest and not let them get a shot and uh coming off screens this is uh, really, once again, like I said, with the with the pick and roll, it's kind of tied to this. If he gets a good screen on him, he's wiped out. And that comes with size, uh, kind of uh, being able to maneuver around screens, and especially doing it for a full game. Those are areas that are going to improve as he gets more experience in the league and his body developed. And you can see the difference in his body from year one to year two. But keep in mind that fourth year. That fourth year is really when you see that incredible leap from these guys that are in the Pantheon. Now, if you want to look at Jalen's list, from this season of clamping guys down, I mean, he he has a pretty nice, uh, nice little uh, resume here this season. Uh, when I say he's a good guard defender, what I mean by he's good at guarding guards, like quick guards, especially guards that are his size. He struggles with uh, size and bigger players. And that's understandable because just like with uh, MJ and Kobe and all those guys, when you're young, your body just isn't there to be able to really put up a good barrier for those bigger players. And we could see this. Look at the list. Um, these are like all all star guards that he's really like put the clamps on. Not all of them. Some of them. Darren Fox in four games, 32 uh, Fox only scored 32 points on him. These are direct one on one matchups with them. 50% um, uh, field goal uh, shooting 25% uh, from three or four five turnovers. Look what he did to Trey Young. And y'all have seen this in real time. Trey Young in two games, only 21 points, shooting 38 percent. From two third uh, from the field, thirty-seven percent from three. When he, uh, when Jalen guards him, John Moran, he has jaw in hell. Four games, only eight points, shooting twenty-one percent in the field goes, only zero percent from three. Jaw has not made a three on Jalen Green one turnover. Devin Booker, bigger guard, 
uh, more kind of, you know, the the new kind of the new standard for the two guard is cooking Jalen. I'm not going to cap 18 points, 57 percent on two on the from the field, 66 uh, percent on threes, no turnovers. CJ McCollum, another guy Jalen has put in hell four games, only four points, 18 percent from the field. No threes. He hasn't made a three on Jalen. Uh, Steph Curry in three games, 11 points, 37 percent from the field 30 uh 50 from three and and edwards is a guy that he has a lot of trouble with and obviously we know why and is a is a football player right the dude's a football player four games 13 uh 13 points 55 uh from the field 75 from three so the proof is there like the dude is a really really good defender he knows how to use that his, his elite athleticism on that side of the ball a lot of his issues come to being uh, uh somebody that gets lost off ball getting screened, not strong enough, and the effort part, and the effort part. And another part of Jalen's game that, you know, I really think that he kind of has a tweener on, not say he's going to be Allen Iverson or or James Harden or somebody like that, Um, but, you know, he does, he has flashed some playmaking, right? We've seen this. And when you look at him, you know, he's, he's a guy that he doesn't, you know, make a lot of just great, great, like, oh, my God, look at that pass. But he'll give you once every couple of games a pass that really shows you that he sees the floor a little bit. When I compare him to Devin Booker from 2017, which was Devin's second year, I mean, their numbers are pretty much the same. And Devin Booker is a pretty good um, playmaker from the two guard position. Um, you know, 3.4 assists from Devin to 3.6 assists to turnover. Jalen's better. Um, assist ratio, which is assist per 100, Jalen's better. Assist on drives, this is where Jalen really, really needs to improve to get into that AI hardened type of territory. When he gets downhill and gets into the paint, he has to learn to kick it out. And that's what he sucks at. He really sucks at this. 5.9% is really low for a player that drives as much as he does. Just, just that alone, if he can improve that to about 9%, um, to generate an assist, about one tenth of his his drives uh, end up in him assisting a, a teammate. That takes him up to a different tier of as a two guard. But that's that's really the strides he needs to make. Um, and you know, passes on drives, he's uh, kind of the same in, in Devin, which is about twenty six point nine. So what I'm saying about Jalen is that he has flashed the the ability to play defense. He's one of the to me one of the best young isolation defenders in the league. We know his body is still growing. We know he still has a lot of ways to go. But I think the path for him to become the best player on the Rockets is going to be his ability to be a two-way player. I think he needs to be better than Devin Booker on defense. I think he should be better than Devin Booker on defense because he is a better athlete. When you look at Devin Booker and you think about the list of guys that I've just named, you know, what stands out? Devin is not a high flyer. He's a polished, you know, scorer. He's a guy that's going to play with a lot of effort. He's smart, super high IQ. And that is why he's going to be in the Pantheon when he hangs them up. I feel like Devin is probably going to get a championship before it's all said and done because his game translates over to the playoffs. And we're talking about offensive. He's a guy that's played point guard. He can be that tweener kind of a, you know, a playmaker. And I think the, the crazy part is Jalen has that too. Jalen has the playmaking ability. He's on track with Devin as a passer. Um, and this is uh, a guy that's probably two or three times the athlete Devin Booker is. The difference is Devin's bag is just different, right? Devin's bag is different. That's how he got to where he is with a deep, deep bag. And he's coming from a guy that's a son of an NBA player. So you expect nothing less. But where Jalen can really, really shine is on that defense. Devin cannot be the athlete that Jalen can. And I think that is where Jalen has a path to becoming a star because we're talking about Michael Jordan, uber athlete, Kobe, uber athlete. You're talking about Dwayne Wade, uber athlete. 
Now, I'm going to call uh, Allen Iverson a anomaly. If we're looking at the modern two guard, you have uh, Zach Levine as an uber athlete, but doesn't translate it into that other side of the ball. He's he's stiff on his on his on defense, really can't stay in front of guys, gets blown by easily. Is that where Jalen's going to be? I don't know. You have um, you have a, a Bradley Bill, who's more like a Devin Booker, but doesn't really have the passing acumen that Devin does or even the defensive effort and the, the ability to be able to put that put it all together on that side of the ball and be in the right positions. Is that where Jalen's going to be? I don't know. Um, but the effort, you know, the numbers are there. The stats is there. The film is there. It's going to be up to him. Right. If Jalen Green wants to be the best player on a championship team, it's going to come down to him. That's that's really what it comes down to. Everything is there. It's flashed. It's flash. It's flash. If you look at the flashes that he's shown, there's been lows where he looks like the worst defender in the NBA. And there are times where he's dialed in that he looks like the best defender. That can't be the story going forward. you got to be turned up at all times. Right. You know, I used to have Jalen like, oh, my God, he could be the next Kobe. Honestly, I don't think he can be the next Kobe because I don't see that Mamba mentality in him, um, you know, even in the games. But he can prove me wrong. I would say that right now. The, the, the field is open for any outcome that he wants. But that's a good thing because he's still very young. Remember that fourth year. That fourth year is the time where you can really tell who these guys are going to be. The third year, you're going to see a leap, and that fourth year is going to solidify what he's going to be. I need Jalen Green to make an all-defensive team. That should be his goal. Damn, everything else. If Jalen Green can make an all-defensive team, then he will be a superstar. He can be a superstar. Another key part of this, to me in this equation, is going to be who's going to be the coach. What coach can push those buttons on Jalen Green to get him there? And that's why I think whoever the Rockets hire next is going to be so important because whoever this coach is is going to be the one to, to kind of push those buttons. That's why I like some of the candidates that we have. That's why I like some the Ime Udoka. That's why I like Nick Nurse as a candidate. That's why I like Frank Vogel as a candidate. Uh, and, you know, I'm high on Kenny Atkinson, but the more I think about it, I think for our young team, what we need is defensive presence. We need a defensive culture because once they get that, because all of these guys can score, they're all gifted naturally, it'll take us to the next level. That's the key between a championship and just good, right? Defense. And I think Jalen has that in his cards. He's shown it. He's proved it. The numbers are there. Can he put it together for an 82-game season? And when that time comes, can that translate to a run in the playoffs where he can lead this team to glory? That's what it's going to be. But can he be the best player on a championship team? Yes, but he has to get it on both sides of the ball. What did y'all think about this? Can Jalen be a best player on the championship team? Do you think he can ever reach the level of like a Dwayne Wade where he's a three-time all-defensive de- all player? Do you think he can be? I think his body is still growing. I think all of that is still there. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but I say the ability is there. The athleticism is there um, for him to be a two-guard as a two-way star. What do y'all think? Y'all let me know in the comments. Keep supporting our channel. Um, yeah, talk to me. Let me know, man. Do you think Jalen got in the cards? What do y'all think about this video? Let me know. Shout out to all the members for the Chop Shop. Y'all keep supporting the channel. We're going to keep dropping this. Fire.